Hi there. Welcome to the Market Maven podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Dylan Jensen, a fashion designer turned farmer's market director, a social media specialist, and small business advocate. In this podcast, we peel back the layers of farmer's markets, diving into the why behind the 10 by 10 tents, showcasing the roots behind the organizations, and connecting those in our communities through education, stories, and more. Tune in this season to learn about how my job is weird, but worth it, bringing produce and powerful stories to the people. Hello, everyone. You're listening to the Market Maven podcast. This is Sarah and episode number 14, Let Us Turn Up the Beat. I have so wanted to use that title for my podcast since basically its inception. It's been sitting in the notes of like quirky vegetable and fruit punny titles that I could use for this podcast. So hello, episode 14. You get it. So what does it mean exactly? It means it's go time. Like it is go time for this market manager for this market maven. I am opening up the Stanwood Farmers Market this Friday. I still have the Snohomish Farmers Market on Thursday. And then next Wednesday, it gets really, really real y'all like real, real. The Lake Stevens Farmers Market opens on Wednesday of next week. And then what we call and My family, household, friend circles is the gauntlet. Sarah is going to be running the gauntlet for the next four and a half months. It's my job. I love it most of the time, but it gets real friends. And I'm just kind of here to say that the next couple of months, if you're a friend of mine, if you're a listener, I'm not going to guarantee consistency in quality of podcast. Hopefully, I will be having a lot more interviews and things like that so that I don't have to come up with content, but I can't always guarantee that they're going to drop on Wednesdays. It's my goal. I'm, I'm a type A, as we've already discussed. I'm a recovering perfectionist, so likely it will still happen. I just might kill myself to do it. And I don't know that I will have a whole lot of sanity. So if you see me out and about in the wild at a market, just be patient. Out of context, I might not remember who you are, who I am, what day it is. And I just pray to God that each week on Wednesday and Thursday and Fridays, I end up bringing the right market bin with me to the farmer's market. Happy to explain a little bit more about what that means. There's so much that goes into opening day of a market. It's like the first day of school. Everybody's preparing. Everybody's reading over their notes. I'm sending reminders as though I'm like, a broken record, the teacher that you hated in grade school. I don't know. I'm that person right now. I'm trying to just remind everybody and trust the process of how I run things and my systems and all of those different types of things. Just trusting that all of those will work, that everybody's been given the appropriate amount of information that I can give them. Now, I'm lucky in that some of my vendors are shared vendors, so they know how I work. They know that the emails that I send out are going to be very, very similar, so they know what to check for. And then others don't. They simply just think, ah, it's Sarah. I can coast through. That's not true. And we have to have conversations about that. But I digress. Really, what this week is about is just preparing, is making sure that I've got everything as organized as I can possibly have it to make my life easier over the next four months. It almost kind of feels like going on 
the Pacific Coast Trail and you've got to pack everything up the right way, get everything charged up, check the weight, check the water, check it all, make sure you've got your fire starters. That's how it feels. I just spent the last couple of hours on hold with the IRS, no less, because why not? I was making folders for my market next week, and that's like 150 folders that I have to recycle. So I take off the paper from last year, I take out any rogue staples, which there was dozens of them. And then I add the new forms and alphabetize them and get them all pretty and write vendors names down because I really do forget people's names, even if I've known them for years. So a little reminder, a little reminder for my helper. But I spent like two and a half hours on hold with the IRS, also making folders, cutting my fingers. I even had a staple like a rogue staple just jump towards my eye. Thank God I was wearing my glasses today. But it's that kind of stuff, getting the bins ready. All my bins are different colors. Again, going back to that, I hope that I bring the right bin to the right market. That is like a genuine fear I've had. And it has legitimately happened to me a few times in the past nine years of farmer's markets. Thank you, Eric with ACR Meadery for stopping by my house and grabbing one on the way up one time. And then thank you, Jordan with Blue Stilly Coffee Roasters for stopping by on her way. I gave them both money or bought some of their products because it saved my ass, literally. But what that means is packing up the car the night before or the day of, making sure I've got everything charged, like I said, ready to go, and then having my binders ready. I'm, again, type A, so each market has its own binder that has all of our permits. It has all of our information for food access programs. Sometimes it has passwords, things like that. I have so many passwords, so many passwords. So there's just no way I can remember them all. And the binder stays with me. So it's like a kind of a Bible that it stays with me. And it has like a return to market manager if found because I'm really, really lost sticker on all three of them. So just getting all of that kind of stuff ready. And a lot of it is just calming the fears of new vendors. We have a lot of new vendors this year between all three markets, which is fantastic. It means that small business is thriving. Yay. But it means that there's a lot of questions. Now, are these questions that I could have answered in an email or have already answered in an email? Probably. But my job is to make them feel calm, cool and collected and ready to start the market and ready to start selling their stuff and promoting their business. So I do it and I think I do it well, but it is kind of that looming cloud. I don't want to call it a cloud. It's not a cloud. It's like being on a roller coaster and you're climbing the hill and climbing the hill and climbing the hill to that first initial click that you hear. And you know, after that, it's a free fall. That is exactly where I'm at right now. It's not necessarily a free fall for the rest of the season. It's work, but so is a roller coaster. I mean, you click that first time and all of that adrenaline and all of that anxiety is, has been building and building and building as you climb and tick and tick and tick up there. And then you hear the click and you know that you're in for ups and downs and rolls and upside down loop-de-loops and all of those different types of things. And you hope at the end of it all that you have all of your clothing items, that you're not battered and bruised, but you probably are just from the ride itself, and that your brain is rattled, but it's still your brain. So all of the information that lived in it before the roller coaster still lives in it, 
but it's just kind of all strewn about and tousled a little bit more than what you were expecting. That is exactly what being a farmer's market manager for three separate large farmer's markets is like. That is what the epitome of the season is for me in my experience as a market manager. Now, the irony in this analogy is that I don't actually like roller coasters pretty much at all. I hate them. They terrify me. I got vertigo on Space Mountain as a teenager and never again. Sorry. But that's kind of where I'm at right now is that building anticipation. It's the hope for good weather. I watch the weather all summer like a hawk, not for my own personal gain, but just to hope that we have a good market season. There have been some absolutely terrible market seasons out there, and I don't ever want to relive them. So I watch the weather. I try to get as much sleep as possible. I'm going to start hydrating a lot more. That's a thing with me on market days. Somehow, some way, I forget to eat and drink. I mean, isn't that kind of what like major event planners do too? You just forget people that run weddings, photographers, all that kind of stuff. So that's how I prep. And then I also try to schedule my fun things. I try to schedule my next camping trip with Tulula. I try to schedule my next kayaking trip with my kayak, hikes, those types of things. And then also making sure in there somewhere there is downtime on the weekends. I just spent the last three days over Memorial Day weekend not doing a whole hell of a lot. I went out to get shoes because I'm at the age where I blow through my shoes very quickly. Well, I think that's just a market manager thing, but I also need very supportive shoes to be on my feet all day and prevent having plantar fasciitis again, which I did for several years and it was excruciating. So I got to do that. I sat out in the backyard for a little bit, but otherwise I read two books and I felt really, really guilty about being inside on days that it's not raining in the Pacific Northwest but I don't know the next time that I'm going to be able to do that and be okay with it or have the time for it. So I relished it and I got two more books in my Goodreads reading list, which was very exciting. I've up to 23 now out of 43 books to read this year. And I just took some downtime and I'm going to be sure that I'm scheduling some of these days like this in the future. Hopefully it's out camping and hopefully it's that relaxation time in a campsite or in front of a fire, maybe on my new deck that eventually will be finished. Hopefully. This is the only time I could record this podcast today because the work starts at 7 a.m. and it just ended at five something and I was on hold with the IRS and I was making folders. So here we are. It's go time, friends. And when I say go time, I want to talk about go time for you guys, for you, the listener, because it's go time for you as well. Markets are opening, not just my markets, but markets all over the region and all over the state. And you live in such a wonderful, wonderful place in Washington, if that's where you're listening, that has an abundance of rich agriculture, and you should be out there supporting it as best you can. So it's go time for you to find a farmer's market near you. If you're listening from a different state, yay, I never thought that I would be national, which is really, really cool. But if you're listening from another state, there are countless resources that you can look at to find a farmer's market near you. 
Put farmers markets on your calendars. Put them down now. I mean, once we start and the marketing campaign goes, you can find all of our dates on the websites. I mean, it's pretty standard and pretty straightforward for most of them every Thursday, every Tuesday, every Sunday, those types of things. Put them in your calendars now. Put a a repeat reminder that pings you that says it's the farmer's market. You might not go every single week and that's okay. I'm not saying that you have to, though it would be really awesome if you did. But it's okay to dismiss the reminder. But as long as you put it in the calendar, you're more likely to go to more farmer's markets than if you hadn't put that reminder in at all. Put one down for every day of the week that you could essentially make a farmer's market. Set up play dates with your friends to meet me at the market. Set up girls' nights. Set up date nights, those types of things. Most of these farmer's markets will have food options. They'll be in really, really great little small towns, Coff, Snohomish, and you can grab dinner afterwards, maybe not at the market. You can stay for live music. You can pack a picnic of your own. You can grab a few things at the market to supplement that picnic and enjoy like a sunset evening. Summer in the Pacific Northwest and summer across most of the United States is such a wonderful time to be outside. Or grab your stuff and go home and watch movies. I don't care what you do. Just support your farmer's markets. By supporting those farmers markets, you're helping small businesses and small farmers thrive. One of the common misconceptions when somebody goes to say a smaller farmers market or one that's newer is, well, we don't have the right kind of vendors or they didn't have this or they didn't have that. Oftentimes we did in fact have that at one point in time and that vendor just felt so unsupported that they stopped coming to the market altogether. So that may not be everyone's fault individually, but it is everyone's fault collectively. Support the vendors. Don't wait to make the purchase. Don't do a drive-by and hope and think and pray that they'll be there next week because sometimes they won't. The way these markets survive is by getting the support all the time, all season, even when the fair is going on, even when people are on vacation. Make sure you're supporting the best you can when you can. Reserve some of your grocery spending for the upcoming market. Yes, it might be a little bit more expensive at the market, but I promise you what you're going to find is going to be a much higher quality at the farmer's market. And most likely it's going to last you a little bit longer than something that you would find at the regular grocery store. So reserve some of that spending if you're a budgeter. Reserve some of the extra money that you get for those unique and fun things that you're looking for for gifts. There's a ton of holidays coming up over the summer. We've got Father's Day. We've got graduations. We've got lots of birthdays. There's July 4th. There's Labor Day, all of that kind of stuff. There's back to school. A lot of these things and a lot of these parties like hostess gifts and stuff like that require you to bring something. Now you can make a dish with what you find at the farmer's market, but you can also think about the gifts that you can buy that are super, super unique, often customizable from somebody at the farmer's market. And that money is going to go so much further than it would at a boutique or at a big box store. Now, a lot of boutiques are owned by, you know, single persons or those types of things. But just think about wandering through the farmer's market and finding something extra special. Make a note if you go with a friend or if you go with a family member of what they see that they like. Add that to the birthday list. Add that to, you know, a Christmas shopping list. If you want to be the superstar this year, 
get your shopping done for the holiday season this summer. As of this episode, there's 209 days till Christmas. And I know that you think that's a lot of time. And I think that's a lot of time. This is generally the time that I start thinking like, huh, I probably could make all of my Christmas gifts if I started now. And then we end up in December. It's December 10th. And I realize that there's probably no possible way to make all of my Christmas gifts. And so then they turn into alternative New Year's gifts. And then they eventually just end up never happening. So you can make it a lot easier on yourself, as can I. If you just start buying things now, if you start gathering ideas about Christmas gifts and holiday gifts and hostess gifts for the holidays right now with all of these amazing vendors that are going to be available to you every single week for the next four or five months. That's pretty incredible. Another way you can turn up the beat for your local farmer's market is by sharing their posts. If you can't go that week, if that reminder pops up and you have to dismiss it, you can still share a farmer's market post. You can still share something interesting about the market. You can also still share a review of your local farmer's market. Maybe it's one that you haven't been to yet. Maybe you're a tourist in another town and you're going to a farmer's market. Write them a review. Write them an extensive review. These things take like five or 10 minutes for you to do. And they go so far in helping us make sure our markets are getting play. I can spend as much money as I want to on advertising for my three markets, but that doesn't always get me who I need and who I want to shop at my market. Your review or your share goes out to a whole other network of people that I may not have access to through social media or through the marketing campaigns that we choose to use. So those are some ways that you can turn up the beat this market season and help your local farmer's market survive. Not only just survive, but you can help your farmer's market thrive by doing these small things, by visiting each week, by leaving a review, by sharing their posts, and by just talking about how amazing the farmer's market is. Back to me, market manager, market maven. Another way that I'll be turning up the beat or another thing that I'll be turning up the beat on is boundaries. This is the time of year where we get a lot of inquiries at the farmer's market about how do I have a booth and how does this work? And I want to do this because it looks so fun. It is fun. I try to make it fun and I try to keep it fun. But the reality is this is a business and these are businesses that are trying to survive and trying to thrive by doing farmer's markets. So it's not just as simple as asking your local market, how do I set up a table? How does this work? There are so many nuances and there are so many little idiosyncrasies that go into running a farmer's market to participating in a farmer's market. I've touched on them in previous episodes, but I want to reiterate this. These people, the vendors, work so hard. I know so many of my vendors that are doing markets five or six days a week. Can you imagine that? Well, you might say, oh, they still get one or two days off. They do not get one or two days off. Those one or two days are spent replenishing what they need, planting, cutting, harvesting crops, making inventory. Can you imagine the type of inventory a crafter goes through working five to six markets every single week? Or somebody that makes soap and candles, those things don't just replenish themselves. And every market that I run, and most of the Washington State Farmers Market Association markets are handmade items. So these people are going home and they're spending their time off. And I use air quotes around that because we all know how that goes in the summer. 
to make and replenish their quantities. So be patient if they don't have something that you might want that particular week or that they had last week. And I know I'm digressing into like customer 101, but have boundaries. Vendors, this is for you, have boundaries. I'm also going to have boundaries on who we accept in the market this late in the game, who I decide to give very valuable time to at the farmer's market. A lot of the times people come up and ask these questions during the market when I'm putting out fires, when I'm trying to organize folders to pass out, when I've got five minutes of my day to be able to eat lunch. I'm going to set boundaries over the next four and a half months. And this goes back to like, if it's not a hell yes, it's not going on my calendar. That self-care time, all of the time that I need to decompress and to let my brain take a break and to get out in nature and enjoy the summer like a lot of other people get to do, that's going to be a priority right now. And I would suggest for you know the women in business, for the small business owners, all of that, that you set aside that time for yourself as the season progresses, as your season progresses, whatever that is, wherever your busy season is. I know some vendors think of this as like the normal season. And then as they get into the holidays, it's like the crazy season, their gauntlet. So just remember that everybody is doing the best that they can right now. And boundaries are extremely important. And if somebody uses boundaries with you and says, I just don't have the emotional capacity for that, or, hey, I need you to send this to me in an email so that you can remind me, help them, help them thrive and help them survive by doing these things to help manage the chaos in their lives, help manage the chaos in your life by setting boundaries for yourself, setting down that time for you to read at night, for you to meditate the five or 10 minutes for you to exercise. Make sure you're setting aside that time for yourself because I've been there. I've been close to burnout. I've been burnt out. And I promise you it's not worth the mental and physical health struggles that you will go through by hitting burnout. There is no end of the game where you get to say, but you remember that time that I worked so hard and I burnt myself out and nobody noticed? You don't get a gold star at the end. Yes, your business survives and thrives, but you can only sustain that for so long before you can't do it anymore. And that's really important because you, and just like me, are important to this business. We are important to making sure it succeeds. And we can only do that from a full tank. And I know this has turned into like slightly motivational speaker type thing, but I'm speaking from experience and I'm speaking to people that I don't want this to happen to. So make sure you take your breaks, make sure you hydrate, make sure you set your boundaries and make sure that you're respecting other people's boundaries as well. I want to end with turning up the beat in your community. Now, I know I've touched on supporting farmers markets and supporting each other and how those things are coinciding and how you can do them, but turn up the beat in your community by figuring out what's going on in your community. I have seen so many amazing events coming back into play. I've seen so many cool things pop up in my feed that are happening that I may not have time for, but go to these things, try a new event, try a new festival, try something new this season in your community. There are likely volunteers and organizers and mainstream organizations that are trying to put on the best possible summer for you. And they are putting in countless hours and getting donations and things like that to put on some of these amazing events. 
So turn up the beat in your community. Be part of your community. Find out what's happening in your community above and beyond farmer's markets. Maybe it's a music festival. Maybe it's a Puchella, so it's a dog day in the park. Maybe it's a pride event like Snohomish Pride. And we all know how many more allies the people in that situation, the people in that community need right now. Be an ally for your community. I encourage you, go out, find those things, be kind to the people that are putting them on, share your reviews of the events that you attend, of the things that you do, of the festivals, and make sure that you're just supporting each other right now. I think the world could use a whole lot more of the support and a whole lot less of the assholery and the bigotry and the fighting on social media and everywhere else. Come together this summer try something new and explore your own community. Turn up the beat in your life and be a local tourist. Thank you so much for tuning into the Market Maven podcast. You can find out more about what I do along with direct links to farmers markets I manage at www.yourmarketmaven.com. Check out the show notes for links 